0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning. It is a blessing to be here, and I just want to say thanks again to Mark and Nancy, and to Vic and Larissa, and to the Whitefields family for... uh, Allowing me and asking me to come here. So I'm here on legal grounds. For those of you that understand the spirit realm, that's a big deal. No trespassing. Squatters are always around. And all those spirits want to do is just find rest, a place to rest. But what when they bring rest, it brings you unrest. So so if you're in a place of unrest, you need to kick whatever's in you out so that you can have rest. Yeah. And I'll get off that tangent. Turn to Psalms 24-7 for a second before we start. Now, I use the many translations, obviously, I like to read and I like all the translations or some of them, at least the ones that don't take out the blood and all the important stuff. And hopefully by now, you know what those translations are, but I'm just using the Living Bible uh, paraphrased and uh, the same text, Textus Receptus or the Received Text was used to uh, do the translation on the New King James, King James, I believe it's the Coverdale Bible and the Living Bible, so just for those that wonder about those things. But these Bibles have blessed me over the years, and it just seems to make sense to me. Because I don't believe the Word of God is difficult to understand. And those that try to make it difficult, I don't listen to them. Because Jesus spoke basic, plain words. So Psalms 24-7. I keep going to Proverbs. My favorite book. Many of you know this by heart. But I really believe this is important. Verse 7. Open up, O ancient gates and let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, invincible in battle. Verse 9, yes, open wide the gates, and let the King of glory come in. One version says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Because for those of you that further along in your maturity in Christ a gate is what allows things in so in your body where are your gates your eye gates are receiving your hypothalamus is receiving information right your ears are receiving information And then your mouth is speaking information. And then there's other areas of your body that give life. The enemy's after your gates. So repeat after me. Lord, Lord, you said said, your your sheep hear your voice. I hear your voice today. I lift up my head and I open up my gates, up my gates. To, you, to you, O ancient of days. Ancient of days. I, am the King of glory. I am the King of glory. Now that is, He is. His name is I am. He is the King of glory. So we serve I am. The king of Zion so right now whether we see it or not I am is ruling the universe by the word of his breath and nothing goes unnoticed under his watchful eye for he neither sleeps nor slumbers so everybody just take a deep breath It is an amazing thing to number one be called of him elected of him and adopted through legal transaction we are in the family we have legal papers and they're papers of deliverance we now can go forth and preach the good news which Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 15, the death, burial, and resurrection. And we can say, here's the good news. Your sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus. You can walk as if you have never sinned because it's Christ's righteousness that has been imputed to us, an alien righteousness that is now ours. It's ours. So when I worship God, I don't have to listen to all the voices saying, well, you did this, and you did that. And you could say, yeah, however, the good news is, and you just preach the gospel to yourself. So amen. When I first came to the Lord as a young man, I had uh, lots of voices in my head. I'll just say that for, without going into details. But I was saved. I was delivered from the kingdom of darkness, just like all of us. Some of us know it better than others. And when you really know what you were delivered from, you don't forget it. And you're always indebted to the one who delivered you. Because it's by Him and through Him we live and move and have our being. It's not in our fancy clothes or our nice things. It's in the precious blood of Jesus. And I don't know why I'm going off on a rant, but I'm just telling you, we got to come back to that understanding of where we came from, who delivered us, and how to walk in it. Because in the days to come, you're going to know the Lord. Whether you want to or not. It's better to fall on the rock now than to have the rock fall on you. Amen. So he is still presiding in the heavens as the high priest. He is still receiving your prayers. And until that sanctuary is closed and he takes off his high priestly garments and puts on the robe of a king and comes on a horse, there is time. There is time. So lift up your heads, release your sins, and receive forgiveness. Apply the blood of Christ to your life. When the Lord visited my wife and I uh, and told us to start the Citadel back in 2017, He said He wanted it to be not a local fellowship, but a spiritual awareness training center. And of course... I was like, say what? Like, you know, sometimes you hear things, you have to test it, but at the same time, you just know that's what you got to do. Yeah. And the purpose of Shalini ministry is more to teach and train self-government. Yeah. Self-government. It's my understanding that each local fellowship that started by the Lord... How many of you know there's many fellowships that aren't focused on Christ? They have a form of godliness, but they lack the power of transformation. But we should keep the reality in the hearts and minds of the citizens of the kingdom that we're in a spiritual battle. It's like Vic was talking about earlier. He's in a war. We all are, but sometimes the currents come really strong and the low pressure is like 932 like a strong storm just like weather patterns come and go on the earth it's the same thing in the spirit realm sometimes you have sunny skies you're feeling good not much chatter and then some days it's like wow i'm glad my roots are in christ and i'm glad i'm founded on upon a rock Because the winds and the rains are here. And how many know that in America, they are here? Our adversary's main job is to come and squelch this reality of the battle in our mind by causing our focus to be on worldly things. Man, I think the dolphins are going to win their division talking football and baseball and all the idols that have been coming down. Praise the Lord. Not that I'm against sports, but if your habits and your interests are keeping you away from your kingdom responsibilities, they are becoming idols. So just real quick, just... Do some spring cleaning in the middle of January. Kick out your idols. Jesus will be very happy about that as he's roaming through your temple trying to turn all kind of things over because you are his temple. He uses our fleshly appetites and our desires to keep us occupied on earthly things that cause us to become ineffective in growing in the grace through the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. How many know that when we are born again, we've been given a a little deposit, a seed. And it's our job to sell everything we got, buy the field, and protect that seed in a defensive posture until that seed grows up into an oak of righteousness, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The enemy wants to abort the seed of God in you. That's why it says, guard, guard your heart, your affections. Because out of your affections, they influence everything else. The enemy knows that keeping our attention off the Lord is the key to stealing our intimacy, which causes our oil to dry up. When our oil dries up, our candles don't burn. The Bible says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. And as in intimacy, you're seeking him, he will light that candle. And he'll begin to burn. The goal of the enemy is to put out our light and still our inheritance, which is the reward of our faith. How many want your inheritance stolen? Just like other things that have been stolen lately. Who else wants things stolen from them? How does that feel? Do you really believe that the enemy tries to come and steal, kill, and destroy? If you really believe that, well, I want to know how you govern that. How do you manage that? How do you do it? When you first come into Christ, if there was 200 born again, I mean like still crying, still in the midst of the adoption papers, the first day we should say, welcome, this is who you are, these are your rights, this is how you defend your city, which now Christ dwells. I've been in the Lord, I'm 50 years old, I've been in the Lord since I was 8, and then I didn't live it until I was 17, and then I got delivered, that's why I couldn't live it. And then uh, at 17, it was like, thank God for a man named Neil T. Anderson that had wrote, uh, written a book called Victory Over the Darkness that began to just say, this is who you are. This is what the Scripture says about you. And I took that book, and I read the Bible, and I made sure everything was good, and all of a sudden I could just tell I started getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Our adversary does not want us running or walking with the Lord. His goal is to stop all forward progression in development in developing our individual faith which affects our corporate work and assignment in the kingdom. I don't mean corporate business. The church isn't a business. So, amen. Why so downcast, oh my soul? So, I like to spend some time with the Lord like all of God's people do. And yes, there's seasons where you have a tent of meeting and you go out and you spend time with the Lord in stillness. And then there's times when he wants you to learn his voice in the midst of Costco. (laughs) When it's busy. And then you begin to listen to his voice as you're working and juggling kids and marriage and issues and debt and problems and all the things that we all deal with. And then he'll say, good, come back to stillness. And it's in the stillness. And the waiting in quietness where we develop that friendship and that relationship. And if you can imagine that I'm standing in the, not the most holy place. Well, let's just say the most holy place is behind this wall. And I'm in the holy place. As I'm walking in from the laver, I come through the curtain and the table of showbread with the 12 lobes are over here that represent the 12 tribes. And the bread is the bread of Christ. He's the bread of heaven. And then you have the menorah. And the oil that's in that menorah lights the holy place. Jesus is the menorah. And it's in our intimacy that we draw oil from Christ and we are lit. We are like a menorah. So are you drawing oil in intimacy? Once we learn to govern our own person, we can then, as a community, we can learn to govern our city, our state, and our nation. If you can't govern yourself and your own family, you can't govern anything else. You just can't do it. So, True sons teach king and kingdom. Because that's what we're doing. We're seeking first the kingdom so that the kingdom can grow. It can advance. And the kingdom advances in the soil of your heart. Kings of old took literal soil. King Jesus takes the soil of a man's heart. And he's gaining ground daily. The kingdom's growing daily. Amen. And then once he takes that soil, he knows there's roots and toxicity and things in that soil. So then it's the process of the wilderness to take all those things out. That's where you learn to listen. And he pulls you up out of a miry pit, which that is the first scripture that I wanted to uh, bring up today, Psalms 40, and I, I just want to say Larissa and Vic obviously are awesome people, and I'm just getting to know both of them, but at the Citadel for three years, and those that went to the Citadel will probably laugh out loud when I say this, but I had like a smaller TV that I was going to do like the scriptures and play videos and stuff, and I could never get it to work it was like a joke, really. And uh, I just said, forget it. So it was just like a big blank black box sitting up there. But Larissa's able to do all this stuff, and I'm just blown away by it. I'm like, wow, what's it like to have the gift of administration and things like that? Like, that's not in the McSwain household. But um, Psalm 40, I waited patiently for God to help me. Then he listened, and he heard my cry. This is what what I really love, verse 2. Now, this is our testimony. Vic was saying that you guys have been talking about, like, our testimony. Well, here's every kingdom-minded saint's testimony. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out from the bog and the mire, and he set my feet on a hard, firm path, and he steadied me as I walked along. I don't know if that's up there or not, but that is the Living Translation, Psalms 40. Now, since he has lifted me out of the pit of despair, kingdom of darkness, despair, fear, doubt, anxiety, death. We have been delivered out of despair, fear, anxiety, Death, that's the kingdom of darkness. He has given me a new song to sing. So there should be now a song of deliverance in your spirit. We are delivered. Doesn't matter what we see, that is truth. We've been delivered. And this song is praises to our God. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Hit it! He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And in the south they would say, I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going And then they get crazy. All right. Now, <laughs> do you feel the oil of gladness as you begin to give him thanks and praise? It's like an angel just opens his uh A little valve, and all of a sudden, oil begins to flow. For the spirit of heaviness, put on the garment of praise. Well, I've been walking around for three months worried about all kinds of stuff. Take those garments off, those are the garments of the kingdom you got delivered out of. We either believe it or we don't. Like a good friend of mine said, you can't be half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. It's just the way it is. And I'm going to give birth to many, many kingdom things. Because I believe what he said. It's just faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what is, basically, in a nutshell, the root of the kingdom of darkness? Unbelief. Unbelief. So just take that off. And believe. Colossians 1, verses 13. For he... I am the king of Zion he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave us of all our sins transgressions and iniquities sin transgression and iniquity iniquity is generational transgressions are willful sins and then those things that we do and go oops Romans 5:8 and God showed his great love for us by sending Christ which was really the Father in Christ, to die for us while we were still running around in Satan's kingdom as a slave. So he saw us in darkness and fear and anxiety and captivity and despair with no hope without God, without Christ operating. And he smiled and he said, I'm going to take care of that. It's on its way. And in the last days, Jesus came. And he delivered us. 1 Peter 1, starting in verse 18 And God paid a ransom. To save you so let's we're not believing collectivism here we're believing individualism yes. individually God paid a ransom for you for you for you for you for you for you so when I go to God I personalize it he paid out of his blood his shed blood his life, perfect, given to me, and He received my sin, my death. So now the righteousness of God in Christ is now living in me. So I stand before the Father, not as Christ, but in Christ holy, set apart unto him. He paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven which your forefathers tried to take. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, as you well know, but he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless spotless Lamb of God God chose him and in my own studies I would rip over to Proverbs 8 right now and go oh he was with him from the beginning he was there in creation what was his name I am Proverbs 8 God chose him for this purpose long before the world began But only recently was he brought into public view in these last days. That was written 2,000 years ago. So all this has happened. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness of gloom and despair and agony on me. Remember a hee-haw back in the day? why would you leave me here all alone (laughs) well he didn't turn to matthew chapter 5 matthew chapter 5 i'll just go for it verse 14 you are the world's light and i always like to take the you are and keep moving it forward you are a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see in the spirit realm it's dark you're glowing doesn't take a brain scientist to find out the enemy goes "I i gotta snuff that light out i gotta snuff that light out i gotta snuff that light out What's going on lately? I just told you. You are a target. Don't hide your light. Well, I can't tell anybody I'm a Christian nowadays. I mean, they're going to come and get me. Don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. If they get you, you go see the true light really quick. Let your good deeds glow for all to see. Now, before you think the Bible is contradicting itself, you still want to do things in secret. What are the five five things God said to do in secret? Come on. Pray. Give. Fast. Y'all study it. In the kingdom, there's things you should do in secret. Jesus would say at times, I'm going to do this, don't tell nobody. He slips away. Where'd Jesus go? He had went to a mountain place to be with the Lord. He did things in secret. There's certain things we need to do in secret. I don't believe in secret sensitive services. I don't believe in putting out marketing and advertisement. We're a military brigade. I don't want the enemy knowing what I'm doing. So I don't tell nobody what I'm doing. I didn't even tell people I was coming here today. I would have. I told a few people that I know are true citizens. Not everybody who claims is. If you don't believe me, go pastor a church. That's all I'll say. you don't believe me, go pastor a church. There's a reason why I'm not running the Citadel right now. Even though I know what I know, sometimes you will get your tail whooped. Straight whooped. But God uses all things for the good. Hallelujah. All right. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. All right. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) A little cue reference there for those that didn't catch that. All right. So 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7. Oh, Timothy, my son, be strong with the strength Christ Jesus gives you. For you must teach others those things. You and many others have heard me speak about. Teach these great truths to terrors. No. It says to trustworthy men and women who will in turn pass on these truths to others. Take your share of suffering. Say what? Thought I was delivered from all that. You just got delivered into suffering. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, just as I do. Verse 4, And as Christ's soldier, do not lo- let yourself become tied up, tangled up in worldly affairs for then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in His army for the Lord's rules for doing his work Just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize work hard like a farmer who gets paid well if he raises a large crop. Think over these three illustrations, and may the Lord help you to understand how they apply to you as a kingdom citizen walking through the wilderness until Christ is revealed, McSwain paraphrase these three illustrations look at them and go well I was said I was told that in Christ now I'm a new creation everything's good I can do it and live how I want to absolutely heretical teaching that would be now that you're in Christ you have an obligation to Not to the sinful nature, but to now Christ's nature, to yield your members to him unto righteousness. So, Mike, are we saved by works? Absolutely not. We're saved by the work of Christ. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith in Christ saves us. We believe in Christ, but we not really living in the faith. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many want to please God? Well, everybody in here is walking in faith then. How do you walk in faith? Doing what he said to do. Not thinking about it. Let me pray about it. Do it. Do it! Say it again. Do it! I love Brother James. You say this, you aren't doing that, you aren't doing it. Here's the question. Would Noah been saved if he didn't build the ark? It was his faith. It was the word of God. He mixed the word given with faith. And it brought forth his salvation if you endure to the end believing and acting on what's been told we are to be kingdom-minded soldiers kingdom-minded soldiers let's say it again kingdom-minded soldiers Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom? It's within you. You're not looking for it. You're turning your eyes inward, and it is in you. We are told to set, like concrete, set, Your minds on things above. Set. Not band-aid it. Or sticky paper it. Set your minds. Set. I'm just a little hot, so. I think it's just that wool. All right. But I'll say it's the anointing, hallelujah. All right. Um, For we have come out of the house of bondage into Zion. So when you think of the stories in the Old Testament, which isn't old at all, God doesn't change, but however, just for the sake of saying it, we go back to Egypt, we are living in a Pharaoh system. And we're getting bricks made every day, and now we're having to go get straw as well. I mean, that's just, that's the truth. That is the truth. Whether you believe it or not, we are in this world, but we are not of it. But we have to abide by the rules of this place to a degree. Just don't pay your taxes and see what happens. So the disciples were in the same boat. They said, hey, what should we do about taxes and stuff? Render unto Caesar what Caesar's. You don't think God knew who Caesar was? You don't think Jesus knew everything that was going on? He knew it all. He knew all about it. Yes, he knew the mob. He knew the Mossad. He knew the CIA and the FBI. He knew all the corruption uh, that was going on. And he didn't say a word about it. Because that was his focus. His focus was, yes, Father, yes. So today, it's good to watch, but my focus is lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and let the King of glory, the kingdom come then His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me just say this. You are a city. Now, people that have been to the Citadel are going to start yawning right now and be like, oh, here we go. (laughs) This is my message. You are a city whose builder is and maker is god abraham was in pursuit of a city whose foundations were righteousness and justice and that is what we want and it is coming but it's already here in us that's why we're not woe and despair in agony on me. I have a new song. The horse and the rider, the horse and the rider, the horse and the rider fell into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord a new song. For he has done excellent things. Come on. I will sing unto the Lord I got my horse, baby. I'm just going to blame that on the anointing. All right, so when you get saved, you come out of a miry clay and a bog and a mire and a pit, and he puts you in a new place. You're founded on a rock. He gives you soil. The soil is your heart, the parable of the sower and the seed talks about your heart is soil so what do we do what does a good farmer do going back to the three illustrations of the farmer we have to work our soil when Adam was kicked out of the garden he goes even though I'm kicking you out of the garden go and till the ground till the ground of your heart with the Word of God which will take out the roots of evil that are lurking like sharks in your waters. Your deep waters. You ever read Proverbs and it says, don't let your water be all over the city, in the streets. There's a water. There's a spring that bubbles up. You guys know the Scriptures. And as we yield to the Spirit of the Lord, that stream gets a little bit more bandwidth and a little bit more bandwidth. And then there's rushing waters. And then like David says, deep, cries unto deep. He no longer had a stream. He had an ocean. That's why he knew the law was based on love. That's why he was a forerunner. God was after a long life of faithful service, not killing animals. Jesus said, "Lo, I have come to do your will, O God. You did not want sacrifices and offerings. God doesn't want all of his animals that created to be crucified for everybody's sin." And he didn't want his son to be But he was willing to give his son so that all of us now could have fellowship with the Father and our brother and Savior and high priest and King Jesus. Jesus was the first of many brethren. We're a family. So we are a city. And the first thing I ask my kids... If you were the owner of a city, what's the first thing you would do? My oldest son said, tear down the high places. I was like, good man, good man. Because the high places, in the gate, where the decisions are made, set a watchman at your gates, O Jerusalem. Watch, pray. Pray. Keep out those things that shouldn't be there. Every good king in the Old Testament was called good because God said they're good because they tore down the high places. So if you want to do something in the summer, go to every high place out here and take authority over the top of the mountains because that's where a lot of things happen. I'll just say that. But spiritually speaking, tear down the high places. Serve God. Let God be true, and everybody else a liar. Serve God. Install Him as King in your city. Every city has a mayor, and every state has a governor, and every nation has a ruler. Why is it any different in you? Who's ruling in you? Why do you think he says, bring every thought captive to the governor? Because they want to make sure you don't get infiltrated by involuntary thoughts and feelings that get sent to you by the enemy. Because the enemy is strategic and brilliant. And he knows your weaknesses, because they sit around and watch, and they know when and how to begin to strategize your demise. It's just the truth. Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted and tested of the enemy. He knew it was coming. Jesus said, what they've done unto me, they will do to you. He wasn't always talking about the Romans. Spirit realm, come up. Come up. When you read the Scriptures, don't always think it's just literal in the sense of just physical. There's a physical reality, and then there's a spiritual teaching that's just the same. The tabernacle in the the temple of Solomon originated in heaven. Remember Moses went to the mount. Got all the instructions, and God said, you make sure you do it exactly the way I tell you. Because it is a replica of the real is now going to be on the earth. So, God wants your city to be one for Him. When we get saved, we've been given a city to govern with the Lord. That's why we ask for the spirit of wisdom. And how many know when you drive into certain parts of town, be it Anchorage or Chicago or L.A., certain places you don't want to go? Did you know that in us, there's places that some people just don't want to go there? And God's like, let me in. Let me clean that up. the soil needs to be worked. The second thing my youngest kid said was build a wall. I said great answer. <clears throat> because but before you came to Christ lies that you were believing about the world and people and yourself were like brick upon brick, line upon line, here little there little and they had you had walls in your life that kept you from things and kept you from people. So God comes in and tears down those structures that were built by the adversary in your thinking, toehold, handhold, footholds, strongholds. God wants to come in by the Holy Spirit, tear down those structures and begin to build New walls with truth. With truth. Let me just read a couple of these things. I have uh, about three big binders. I'm trying to put all this in a book because it's this huge teaching, but, you know, it's easy to get the information, but it's not hard. It's it's difficult to put it together. I need like 10 Larissas. So, in Zechariah 8 3, he talks about a faithful city. I want to be a faithful city where when Jesus decides to visit me in an extraordinary way it's prepared for him in Isaiah 54 11, it says "O afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise and your foundations with sapphires. God wants to make you into a beautiful city. Isaiah 62, 6, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Psalm 122, 7, May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your citadel within your citadel so you are a city you are a citadel so hence the name citadel you want to be a stronghold of the lord the only way to be a stronghold of the lord is to let his foundations be built in you how do we bring the foundations of the lord into our lives Number one, by lifting up your head, receiving his truth, and mixing it with faith. And you begin the journey of building walls around your city. And then you set a watchman at your gates. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. You guys know what I say. You want to know what's in a person's soil? Listen to their mouth. It's just that simple. Anyhow, I don't want to go too far. It's twelve oh four. I think we're probably about done. But um, I, what I what I did was I sought the Lord and. If there's ever a time that we need to not be led as a city by our emotion, it's now. And if there's ever a time that we should be led by the Word of God, it's now. Believe me, the next couple of months will be capital bumpy buckle up your seatbelts. I'm not going to hear, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm a political atheist in a lot of ways. I don't want to get involved in the politics of this earth because those political kingdoms will be coming down. All of them. All of them. And they're in the midst right now. But I will tell you, it's going to go back and forth and back and forth and no matter what side of the aisle you're on, and I don't even care, but if you're in Christ, that's all I care about. I don't care what what you believe about this one or that one, good, bad, or indifferent. That's not the issue. Listen, obey, speak. Listen, two ears, one mouth, listen, listen, speak. Listen, receive it. Listen again, confirm it, speak it. Don't get in a rush to create a train wreck. Just wait. Listen. I I mean, think about Jesus. He grew just like we did, and he came into the understanding of who he was, just like we are, right? And he did that. He laid down his deity. So he did that as a man, understanding who he was, right? Had an unbroken fellowship with the Father, like we do now. He could have went around and just been a motor mouth. Well, I made that, and how he made that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, he could have said all kinds of things. The disciples said, they came out of the temple one day, and they said, look at these buildings and all this intricate detail. It was like the Lord said, eh, first of all, I didn't build that. I built the trees and the mountains and the oceans and all the things that bring you peace. Boy, do I want to go on a rabbit trail. But he goes, Those are going to be torn down really soon. Once again, the things of this earth will grow strange. Lead In the light of his glory and grace. The light of men is the life of Christ. If you are glowing, it's because his life is in you. Let that light so shine. Amen. Love you, bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.